Hi, this is Jack Tester. I'm the president and CEO of Nexstar, and welcome to another edition of Leadership Lounge. I'm here in St. Paul, Minnesota. It's uh, early March. We have a service system class going on, and we also have some special people that have arrived here at Nexstar. We have some founders of Nexstar here, and one of those people that's arrived is the very famous Frank Blau. Frank is the uh, really the founder of Nexstar. It was his idea that started Nexstar. Welcome, Frank. Well, thank you, Jack. Glad to be here. I'm glad Wonderful. you're here. Glad you're here. To observe everything that I created 25 years ago, I, this is unbelievable. Yeah, you, you've done. And remember the days when yeah. our office, our main office of Nexstar, was a little cubbyhole in the facilities of McGuire Plumbing. Yeah. And uh, I cannot believe it's what it's grown into. The improvement, observing a class presently going on yeah. to... Uh, help contractors, employees create excellence by teaching them uh, customer service and so on and so forth. Yes. This yes. is unbelievable, Jack. Well, thank you. Thank I, you for uh, that. I thank the good Lord many times that I had the wisdom, first of all, to create the organization and had the wisdom to choose the right person to lead the organization and uh, help me create this phenomenal Family, I call it a family. This is not an organization. This is not a trade association. In fact, it could be named a university, next our university. But uh, it just gives me goose pimples to see and observe what's going on here today in the in the classroom, which was named after me, Frank Frank J. Blau Jr. Training Center. But uh, yeah, well, have many memories, Jack. Well, thank you, Frank. Yeah. Thank you again for all you did for Nexstar, for me personally, obviously, but also this industry, Frank. You know, I look back, and we just celebrated our 25th year, and we look back on, on the huge changes that's happened in 25 years since Nexstar was founded, and it all emanated from the work, uh, I think, that, that you did early on, creating flat rate pricing, creating a focus on customer service and salesmanship in a business that to that point was all focused on technical expertise, helping contractors learn how to become businessmen and women, not just great technicians. You know, all this stuff came from a vision you had back in the late 80s, and now here we are, 25 years later, doing amazing things. So uh, just thank you for that, Frank. You're welcome, Jack. Thank you. But, uh, you know, we're going to cover some other things here, Frank. And, you know, we've got a great video series that's accessible to members called Reflections from Frank where you share a lot of kind of some founding principles that, that you have in business. But one of the ones that you have, Frank, that I don't think we've talked about is this whole idea of overhead. And you've often said that overhead is a contractor's friend. You've said that overhead is a customer's friend, is, is, I should say in the customer's best interest. Uh, so often we look at overhead as a negative. And, and so first I want to say, uh, why do you tell contractors that overhead is a good thing? Well, I believe that... Overhead, another word for it, is indirect cost. That any cost associated in the transaction with a customer gives customers, if it's presented the right way, great joy. Direct cost items, material, overhead. Customers enjoy the the result of material, what the material might be, a faucet, a new furnace, electrical work, the whole nine yards. They take joy in this if it's presented right. Right. Now, they should take the same joy. We should recognize nothing changes in terms of overhead because it's 
referred to as a cost, indirect cost. Any item that has the word cost associated with means that net profit is derived from that, from, from that cost, okay. indirect cost. Now, let's take the example of customers almost getting uh, cardiac arrest when they think they're going to get have the customer demands that uh, I need some, I want a, a rebate or whatever. Uh, you, you overcharged me. Okay. You overcharged me. And, uh, and uh, I'm not satisfied, and, uh, but I will be satisfied if you uh, give me a discount of $100. Now, I'm going to be a little facetious here. He said to the customer, Mr. Jones, I totally understand what you're talking about. But I'm going to give you $200 to make you happy and hope that you become an unpaid salesman for me and spread the good word to your friends. I've used this in my seminars through the years. And people look at me with their glazed eyes rolling around. They say, what's Frank, what's Frank Ball talking about here? Well, simply this is it. If I give a customer back $100 and I'm operating the business at 25% net profit, let's do the first thing. 25% net profit cost, indirect cost, is $100. If we divide that number by 75, it's going to create the selling price. $100 divided by 75 creates a selling price of $133.33. So I've had the opportunity to earn $33.33 by giving customer back $100. But I'm not satisfied. I like money. I like to make money. So I'm going to give them $200 back because I'll earn $66 on the transaction. And hopefully the customer will be my unpaid salesman telling his friends what a wonderful company Blau Plumbing is to do business with, etc., etc. And remember, it doesn't cost me one red cent. I do not take that money out of my personal pocket because the customer pays for everything. Okay. No different than the indirect cost item that's entered uh, 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 under overhead of uh, truck, truck, truck repair. Can I stop you for a sec, Frank? Sure. Just, just a sec. So, I, just so, so people are clear because I, I, I've heard this message a few times. But what you the, the first part of this is that as a contractor, as an organization, you need to budget to give refunds away. So you need to have a fund, a, an amount that you've budgeted annually to give back to customers to make them satisfied. And then you build your selling price with that overhead item in your selling price. Together now with, you're making profit on that, right? Together with the other overhead items. That's right. Right. So it doesn't concern me and get me upset when a customer approaches me. Okay. Likewise, the same situation. I hear contractors say, well, I'm going to fire this contractor because he's always a chiseler. I mean, customer, fire a customer, yeah, any kind of customer. Okay, and I say you got to be kidding. Why do you want? Why do you want to fire a customer? It costs you so much money to get them. If you know this customer is going to be a chiseler every time you do business with him, and he wants money back, remember you're going to be earning a profit by giving the money back, and you'll make a profit on the job. Okay, as long as your job is priced at the right price. Right. Right. That's what it boils down to. As long as you budgeted to give refunds away. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. And by budgeted for nasty customers, the chiselers that I know will, if they call again, they're going to put the squeeze on me. Right. So no problem. That's what it, that's what it takes. You have to make sure. It's one of the most important things that you, numbers you have to fall in love with so that you completely understand what overhead is all about. Mm-hmm. And each individual item of overhead under, 
the heading of overhead or indirect cost produces net profit. Right. Now, this is very difficult. This is very difficult for contractors to understand this as I was presenting my seminars all over the country. But it's essential. It is important to realize this. Mm-hmm. But, but you're completely at ease with the things that you do con- concerning uh, indirect costs slash overhead. All right. So if you budgeted your overhead by line item properly, including training, including everything, everything, everything travel, going to Nextar events, everything, and when that expense is incurred, you've planned for it, you've actually made profit dollars on it because you're your, your selling price is a function of your costs, right? Right. right. Either just, direct or indirect costs. It's not plucked cost. out of the air. You're saying, here's my costs. If I want to make a 25% net profit, I divide by the inverse, 0.75. I arrive at a selling price, right? That's a function of my overhead costs. That has been illustrated clearly yep. in one of my articles that I wrote for Plumbing Mechanical okay. and is in the Business Subcontracting book. Okay. For anybody right. that's interest, interested. Great book. It's, you can get Showing it on the next specifically where profit dollars emanate right. from. Right. Everything. Right. So there's no mystery. If you concentrate and become the, become the supreme numbers cruncher right. and fall in love with numbers, right. you've heard me mention it I many have. times. I have. You know, I want to th- hit one other thing, Frank, that, that yeah, so that's, you know, that's a, that's a dollars and cents thing. And I, th- I think you can, um, you also have said that you build your overhead into your selling price. And you present and, and you make sure the customer pays for that. But it's also not just in your best interest. It's in their best interest, the customer's best interest, right? To, to actually pay for all the overhead. We always think of overhead as the enemy, that it's a, a terrible thing in the business, that our job as, a, as an owner-operator is to drive that number as low as we can for some reason. But for a customer side in the service replacement business, that's not necessarily true. Elaborate on that, Frank. If you, if you price your overhead too low, Definitely, it's going to affect the uh, relationship between your customer because you'll always be thinking of terming, how can I do it cheaper? How can I do it quicker? Which is, is going to affect the type of service that you present to the customer. Okay. And ultimately, why lead into a dissatisfied customer right. who may not call you again. Right. Patronizing gone. Very simple. In my opinion, from what I've seen, hundreds of property and law statements sent to me during my Years on right. the uh, right. on the tour, uh, had no less than one thousand, and I view these P and L statements. And what I observed that overhead is actually not high enough, because of one basic reason: owner compensation is in there. And if there was op- owner, owner compensation, it was very low. Okay. Very seldom did I see one hundred thousand dollar a year compensation, even fifty thousand dollar a year compensation. It wasn't listed as an individual item under overhead, okay. where it should have been. Okay. So I'm very familiar with what's been going on in the industry for the last well, 50 was, years of yeah, my career. Right. So, uh, but I, my advice is to uh, focus on overhead because very easily to uh, focus on direct costs. That's what we're familiar with. That's what we, we were taught. You know, material, overhead, I mean material, labor, and yeah. permit fees yeah. amongst the direct cost items. Right. No problem understanding that. Right. But have a clear understanding of what overhead means for the customer and for you. Right. I, I'm absolutely, absolutely sure that if you do this, you'll have satisfied customers for a long period of time. So what, let's, let's talk about the customer benefits to overhead for a second. I want to talk about that. So we have 60-some uh, technicians in a class right now. 
They're getting paid to be here. They're sitting through class to pay a registration fee, travel and everything. All that has to be built into the, the selling price, right, back home, and they go back home. But it's in the customer's best interest that they're here because they're getting – they're learning how to treat a customer with respect, how to take time, how to explain – that's an example of how overhead is in the customer's best interest to pay it, along with virtually every other expense item. Is that right? The customer is paying for each one of these young service techs that are here right now. Right. The money doesn't come out of the contractor's personal pocketbook. It's built into his overhead. The line item, line item of education, seminar, right. classes, next start. Right. I don't care how you... Uh, identify it, but the customer is paying for it. And it's in their and best interest it, to do and it. it huh? And it's in their best interest to pay for it, too. Exactly. Right. Because the customer will just be happier than uh, you know what. Right. By ex- having this wonderful experience. Right. As opposed to uh, some slug that uh, appears at their front door. Right. That's trying to do it quick and fast and gruff and... Exactly. Yeah. And they yeah. think they're doing the customer a favor by being cheap. Yeah, yeah. And are they really, right? See... It, my, my recommendation has always been when the, when the serviceman comes to the customer's door that you have all kinds of time to get into business. The upfront part of the transaction has got to be a, creating a human being, a human being relationship with the customer. Okay. And that time is going to take – that's going to be some time because time is money. So it should not be a concern of the contractor that his serviceman is spending too much time other than turning the pipe wrenches. Yeah. Understand what I'm saying? I do. I do. Yep. So, so you build you build that that unbilled time, if you will, into your selling price yeah. because you, it's you in their build best it interest. and you, you you call it customer schmoozing. Mm-hmm. That's what you call it, a line item. Okay. If you want to departmentalize it that close. Okay. But uh, I mean, this you know, there's no rocket. There's no there's no rocket science here. Yeah. It's all common sense. Right. Common sense. But unfortunately, people who uh, servicemen that come into the industry. They don't know this. Right. Contractors don't know this. Mm-hmm. So that's why it, it makes sense that they become creatures of different habit. They're creatures of habit and mostly bad habits. Okay. Contract, uh, Nexstar's job and Jack Tester's job is to change those bad habits to good, chat, good habits. Uh-huh. And that's what's happening here today, presently, right. from what I witnessed. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I said, this is all common sense. If you focus good quality time, and understand all of this thing, and uh, it becomes so much more enjoyable to operate a business yeah. when, when we understand these things. That makes sense, Jack? It does. Oh, it makes all sense in the world that, that when you've covered all your costs through your selling price, you can relax a little bit, right? You can take care of a customer who's got a problem, right? You, you can afford to do that. If, if you don't want to give a, you don't want to have complaining customers, but should you have one, you can take care of it the right way. You're not going to go bankrupt by giving money back, doing the right thing. You know, there's there's so many benefits that comes from a contractor becoming a supreme numbers cruncher, making sure all their overheads built into their selling price, right, it and make, making sure they're they're not doing it on the cheap, yeah. right. It makes sense to me that even the service tech should understand this. They understand it uh-huh. because you have no guarantee at some time that he may, as he learns and becomes, uh, uh, earns more money because of the contract and become more successful. You never know if he might go into business. So if they're armed with the same knowledge that we are, they become better competition. Right. 
There's so, uh-huh. so many benefits of this. Focusing on overhead. Direct cost, simple. Take a, you know, take a look at a plan. Okay, measure the pipe, this, that. Okay, I know what my cost is here. I know I got to sell it. It's going to be sold. And, and all right down the line. Yeah. But let's get into overhead. Completely understand what it all means. Right. And uh, what can I say? I've lived it. I've experienced it. I've taught it almost my for 25 to 30 years That's all right. my life. That's right. And I was as ignorant as anybody when I started plumbing, <laughs> going back in 1960. Well, I didn't meet when you When I founded the company yeah. with $475. Well, that's awesome, Frank. Yeah. That's awesome. So it truly you. is. Truly is. Yeah, thank you. Know, you know, I sit in Jack's office here and uh, talk, talk about this. I'm, I'm, I'm about ready to tear up, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> that's thank you. Well, thank you again for all you did, Frank. Um, appreciate this lesson you gave us here on overhead, not the enemy. It is your friend. Make sure you understand it. Make sure you budget for it. Make sure you build it into your selling price, and then you can spend it freely and happily. Is that fair? And make sure that the top line and under overhead is proprietor salary. Okay. That's important. So it's always staring you in the face when you look at your monthly profit and loss statement, which you should be receiving within 15 days of the previous month's business. Right. So that you know that your ship is going to get to its destination. Well, you know, can I tell you why you, 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 you did that originally? And I remember you said that um, usually the owner is always the last one to get paid. Exactly. And if, and if they're not making money, the owner doesn't get paid. And this course is 26 years ago now. But you wanted it on the first, the top. And you always said the owner's paid first. And if the owner's getting paid first, then they'll find the money through their selling price to pay everybody else, right? Right on. You yeah. said that. So you wanted it at the top, not not the, the last person. You wanted to be the first person. You want everybody else to get paid too, right? Better yet, I want to see it in there, period, because many times yes. it isn't identified. And the, the net profit, so to speak, when they brag about the bottom line that they have, my response has always been, well, I think that you're, you're reviewing an illusion because if the, the bottom line money were put where it was, partial, certain percentage, but under overhead, proprietor's salary, you're, you're, you know, look like, like crack, like uh, right. toilet paper. You okay. know what I mean? All right. Yep. Does that make sense? I do. No, if they're, if they're not, if they're making 10% profit, but not paying themselves very much, it's an illusion. Yep. Is that fair? Yep. That's right. So. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. Lessons. You know, and I, I just to, to, to kind of close out this podcast, Frank, I, I had the pleasure again this week of going back to your first articles you ever wrote for Plumbing and Mechanical Magazine. When you really started to write, and it was, I call it the industry's kind of a clarion call for this industry, where you talked about low owner compensation, you talked about business ignorance, you talked about low self-esteem in the industry, you talk about standing up for yourself that we're just as deserving of high pay as doctors and attorneys and everyone else in society. You know, it was just a, uh, to me, it was a, a transcendent message that still is applicable today. It was just an awesome, awesome and, and, I, and I can see that the vision you had for this industry back in 1987 when you wrote that first article um, is evident today and still a lot of work to do. But, Frank, you're well ahead of your time, and I want to thank you for that. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. And I encourage everyone here, if you haven't read Frank's Business of Contracting book, you can get it off the Nextstar website. You can get it off the website at Shuby. I encourage you to buy it, read it. It's incredible content. Um, and it's just, again, it's just as timely today as this. It, it could be written today, and it would read just as well as it did uh, 26, 28 years ago. So thank you, Frank.
Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. All right. And thank you all for listening to another edition here of Leadership Lounge. This is Jack Tester with the founder of Next, our Frank Blau. We'll catch you next time. Thanks so much. <laughs>